Today is a special day, and that's why we're having Restless, because it's Friday the 13th, but it's also actually October 13th, which means it is Our Lady of Fatima. So, random fact, I don't know if you knew this, but I was actually born on Friday the 13th? In April. In April, yeah, not not today. Today's my half birthday, though, so if you want to give me a half a cake, I'm okay with that. But <laughs> Okay, keep moving. <laughs> you have joined myself and Lauren and Paul as together we restlessly seek the face of Christ and Our Lady in today's mixed up and crazy world. And it was equally as mixed up and crazy in 1917 when the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima took place. So in your own words, tell the listeners the story of Our Lady of Fatima. Well, I would... We're, we're all on this episode, by the way, because we've all been there. Yes, we're going to get to that, but... I would actually like to go through month by month if we could. Yeah. Because I've cool realized not as many people as I would expect to know the story of Fatima actually know the story. True. And that's Catholic people. So, <laughs> you know, I think certainly... Muslims might know it too. Quiz question, why? Fatima's Muslim is an Arabic. And it's the name of Muhammad's favorite daughter. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. So that's why I did. I did hear that when I was there, and I forgot it until you just mentioned. It. Perhaps why Our Lady appeared there. Okay. Right. I, mm. I knew there was a connection to Muslim, which you know we say Our Lady of Fatima, which I guess doesn't quite fit as well for Catholics as it does for Muslims. Mm. Right. Which doesn't that probably say Our Lady and Our Lord are for everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Definitely. So tell us. So, I mean, so we started on May thirteenth, nineteen seventeen. Correct. What, um, before we get into the story, that what was going on geopolitically at that time? And we had just wrapped up World War One, right? The bloodiest conflict. World War One was still going. World War One was still going on. That's yeah. right. The bloodiest conflict in human history at that point, point. Uh, and the communist re- revolution had just struck in Russia. And the Bolsheviks were actually they hadn't struck quite yet. They were going to. They were. It was building, building, and uh, I'm actually reading a, a book about the last days of the Romanovs, which was the uh, ro- ruling czar. Um, people in Russia mm-hmm. at that time. So so a lot of stuff's going on geopolitically at this time. In the world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there was a prelude, I guess, to 1917, where an angel appeared to Lucia and three other girls in 1915. Oh, wait, really? Yes. I don't think I actually knew that. And then again in 1916, the angel of peace appeared. I knew that Three part. shepherd children. And they gave him Holy Communion. Correct. Correct? Yes. And that site is marked uh, if you go to Fatima. Um, but then um, May 13th, 1917, Our Lady appeared. And the quote I have from her is, Don't be afraid. I won't hurt you. I am from heaven. I come to ask you to come here for six months in succession on the 13th day at this same hour. Then I will tell you who I am and what I want. And afterwards, I will return here a seventh time. Hmm. But the seventh time has not happened. Oh, really? Yes. I also didn't know that. So today there are still conjectures about... When the seventh apparition took place or will take place. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And wow. um, the Lucia asked if all three would go to heaven. And um, they were told yes, but Francisco would have to pray many rosaries first. That poor kid. He's, right? nine, he's nine years old. What he was a small boy. He could never hear Our Lady. He only saw her. And Lucia also asked about two of her friends who had recently died. 
you know, are they in heaven? And one was in heaven and the other would be in purgatory until the end of the world. And I, as I recall, that girl was only 18 when she died. The girl that she was asking about that was in purgatory until the end of the world. So I was thinking it was a young kid. So I think she was a, a later teenager, but, yeah. but still. It's I mean, profound. Years, so yeah. Right? I mean, if during all these apparitions, there's so much talk about sin and repentance, right? And praying for the conversion of the world. And I just always think how far we've gone and how much more sin there is today. Yeah. So when you hear things like that, it's kind of alarming. Well, some of the more recent seers have said this, that the earth is in a more sinful state than it was in time of Noah. Hmm. So That's bad. <laughs> and Paul just summed that up. That's bad. Okay, so that was the first apparition. No, yes, so. and one other uh, prompting of Our Lady. She asked, Do you wish to offer yourselves to God to endure all the sufferings that he may please to send you as an act of reparation for the sins by which he is offended and to ask for the conversion of sinners? And Lucia responded, yes, for all three. That's tough. Right? I know. I just think, Man. I don't know. I feel like most of us, if you're faced with Our Lady and you're asked something difficult or to suffer, we would say yes because we would be in the presence of Our Lady. But at the same time, how weak are we? You know, yeah. how much we want to avoid suffering today. No, yeah. I'm, I'm reminded of St. Therese of Lisieux. I think it was St. Therese of Lisieux who um, in her convent, there was a nun who wanted to offer herself as a victim for divine justice. And so she did that, uh, made that beautiful self-offering. And not too long after that, she went insane. And so Therese saw that and said, well, I can't make that kind of offering. So she said, I'm going to make an offering to divine mercy. Mm -hmm. She did that and became a great saint. So I always, I've always remembered that being like, I'm not going to pray rash prayers. <laughs> you know, saying, Lord, take me. I'll suffer whatever you want. Well, Lord, you know that I really can't suffer a yeah, whole lot. He knows, but there is his will. I, and I think a lot of us are reluctant to accept his will. True. We just want things our way, but we don't even know. Right, we don't even know what we really want or what's best for us, or yeah. But if he presents us with suffering, you know, do we have the courage to say yes? He'll give us the grace to endure it and to make something beautiful. I mean, yeah. So I mean, I can imagine. I mean, Francisca, Francisco, and Jacinta suffered incredibly. Mm -hmm. They had tuberculosis, and Jacinta had to go undergo an operation while fully conscious. Who? But she had the graces of knowing that, A, she was promised heaven, and B, she'd seen Our Lady, so her faith was so strong. Yeah, and she was incorrupt oh. in 1930, 15 years after they moved her. Beautiful. Yeah, her, I, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. Wow. Yeah. I can't remember. Was that part of the canonization? Usually is. Yeah. Yeah, they, been. they exhumed the body. Oh, just, yeah, because it was after. It was quite a bit after. Hmm. Yeah. So we continue on to June 13th. Um, the children are asked to recite five decades of the rosary every day. And they were told Francisco and Jacinta would be taken to heaven soon, but Lucia would remain to help establish a devotion to her immaculate heart in the world. Now, all of us know the, the way in which they used to pray the rosary in Fatima, the three children. Hail Mary, Holy Mary, something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was like Hail Mary, Holy Mary, Hail Mary, Holy yeah. Mary. So they, they truncated it a bit. And so Mary's like, ah, let's, let's fix that. Let's make it a real rosary. Hmm. But that also stood out to me too. I I didn't know the rosary as a kid, so I wasn't praying it. Mm. I guess if it's in your family, right, then then you do it. But yeah. that's another thing I wonder. How many children are praying the rosary? Not Especially as today. many as should be. Right. Few. 
Yeah, although it's catching on, I will say. We have, um, in, in my youth group at St. Jude's in Monroe, we, we have adoration, but there's this one particular girl who always asks, can we just do a walking rosary instead? She has such a devotion to the walking rosary. You just walk around and pray the rosary. So mm. we're going to do that actually tonight for the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, do a walking rosary instead of adoration. That's great. So. Yeah. I would prefer walking rosaries too. Or driving rosaries. Yeah, I get a lot of being on the move. <laughs> I don't do well with driving rosaries. No, no. Distract. Which, which suffers, your prayer or your driving? <laughs> My driving's perfect. Please, um, <laughs> no, the prayer. Better be. You drive a tank. I drive a very small car and a tank. That's yeah. You have two cars. A small car can fit in the big car. It's honestly true. Anyway, let's keep moving. <laughs> Sorry, okay, back to Fatima. All right. So by July, crowds begin to form. And this is where the secrets of Fatima come in. Mm. So the children are shown hell and they're told to pray, right? Because a lot of people don't have someone to pray for them to avoid going to hell. Yeah. And continue reciting the rosary. And, you know, if so, the world can be saved from another war. If not, it will not. Pray for the conversion of Russia to not spread her errors. <sighs> well... That didn't work. There would be peace for a time. And then the third secret was kept secret. And Lucia was told it should not be revealed until 1960. But it wasn't. It wasn't until 20, 2000, I think it was. The year 2000. By Pope John Paul Mom, II. John Paul II, yeah. Yeah, after he was shot. Right. Correct. The third promise was a papal assassination, right? Yeah, inter yeah. interpreted as such, yeah. Yeah. So I have I have a weird theory on that the heirs of Russia, you know everyone talks about communism because that's in 1917 what was rising in Russia, but did you know Russia was the first country in the in the entire world to legalize abortion? Yes, still one of the largest committers of abortion in the world. I believe that's the error that spread throughout the world was abortion, because they started it and then it's now pretty much I I don't know that there's any country that that is it's illegal even Catholic countries Liechtenstein. Except Liechtenstein. <laughs> Why, that's the best country in the world. 28,000 people. Is it really? Yep. And probably really good Swiss chocolate. So is there a reason for abortion in communism? Um, I just think it's the ethos of death, the whole thing. Because not only abortion, I mean, you look at how, how many people Lenin and Stalin killed, 50 million of their own people. There was just this ethos of, of death. Nearly wiped out Ukraine. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the genocides of the 20th century mostly had, had communism as its root. Yeah, it's hard to point to one era of Russia, but yeah. maybe abortion is that one. I don't know. It certainly has a lasting legacy, maybe, because communism, well, it's hard to say if communism has ended in Russia, but the, the policies haven't necessarily ended in Russia. They haven't. They haven't. And communism is now springing up in all sorts of different places, including local public schools. <laughs> Well, that's a whole other. But there's a whole not, whole other issue. Yeah, but, but the errors have spread. Suffice yes. to say, we did not heed her words. Yeah, I also think it's interesting that a certain period of peace will be granted. Right, it's only a period. Mm. And I kind of feel like we're ending that period right now, especially when Lucia is told, "Do not reveal this until 1960." And then in 1961, we have Garabandal. Oh, interesting. Yeah, sure. Where Our Lady appeared and talked about the warning, the illumination of conscience, which other mystics have also shared. Very much Fatima Part Two. Correct. Yeah. 
And I, I know Padre Pio was a big fan of Garabandal, which is a town in northern Spain where Our, La- Our Lady appeared, although it's not, it's not, it's still alleged, it's not uh, confirmed nor denied by the church. But John Paul II, I think, was a big fan of Garabandal. Exactly. And these are holy people, right? So I would trust <laughs> yeah. their insights. Definitely. Yeah. If anybody had mystical revelations, it was Padre Pio. Exactly. Mm. But anyway, continuing with Fatima, then we move into August, and the governor agreed to take them to the apparition site, but instead he kidnapped them. Rot row. Held them in his, his <laughs> home overnight, put them in prison, questioned them over and over, um, threatened to boil them in hot oil. Uh, they wouldn't reveal the secrets. They wouldn't change their message, you know, what they heard from Our Lady. And he, you know, realized they weren't going to relent and release them. But but how, cra- how crazy, though, right? Like a grown adult questioning and threatening children. Right. And throwing adult, them in like, jail. Yeah. And, of course, there's a beautiful story about how they were when they were in jail, they were offended by all the blasphemies of the people that were the, the other criminals around. So they knelt down and they started to pray the rosary. And that so shamed the other prisoners that they joined them in the rosary. Aww. So I mean, when a nine-year-old starts praying the rosary in front of you, you can't really say no. Well, you can see how much, I don't know if we'd attribute it to this, but maybe so. You'd see how much the evil one fears Our Lady. Oh, yeah. Let's put them in jail. Sure. That'll be good. Sure. <laughs> right. But Our Lady, did Our Lady still appear in prison to them or skip she that, appeared skip that uh, on August 19th. That's right. At after. a different location. Okay. Which is marked. Oh, okay. That we've all been to. Yes, that's true. We've all yes. been Yes. Um, so she told them again, continuing the same message, pray, pray a great deal and make sacrifices for sinners for many souls go to hell because they have no one to sacrifice and pray for them. Yep. Yeah, and so then it, it continued again um, in September, and at this point the crowds are so big that it's hard for the children to get to the apparition site. So the word had spread, and um, Lucia was told there would be a sign on October 13th, and Our Lady would reveal who she is. Now, all of us have been to Fatima, so you know Fatima's in the middle of nowhere. True. Dirt poor area, very dry, very arid, almost almost like the Holy Land, I'd imagine, right? Like olive trees everywhere, kind yeah. of like a high desert almost feel. Yep. So it must be tough for these crowds to make this trek. I mean, there's no hospital, there's no hotels. You know, nineteen seventy. It's on top of a hill. Yeah, hot. There's no, there's no nice hotels like there are now. Hot summer day, September. 30th. <laughs> yeah, now there's actually some really nice hotels. We've stayed in them. And so, would you think news just spread through the newspaper, radio? Well, there wouldn't have been radio necessarily. Uh, was it radio in 1917? I don't know. Newspaper, definitely. Newspaper. Word of mouth, just probably. Because it culminated with estimates of 70,000 people on October 13th in the rain. You know, I do find that today, whenever we have, I don't know, some kind of spiritual event planned for, our, you know, my parish, whatever, young adults, oftentimes there is bad weather. Yeah, that's true. Right. And it, it works. It works on a lot of people who will say, yeah, I don't want to go out in this, right? Mm. So anyway, rainy day, 70,000 people come, uh, you know, for this miracle. Our Lady appeared again. We have the miracle of the sun where it whirled around in the sky and shown lots of bright colors of the rainbow. And then it hurled towards the people and they thought it was the end of the world and they were going to die. But then it went back into its position. So, And everything was bone dry. Correct. That's another miracle, you know? Yeah. Everything was dry, but 
What I didn't realize is that the children had a different vision. Did they see the Holy Family? They saw the Holy Family. That's right. St. Joseph and the infant Jesus blessed the crowd three times. Um, and they saw a tableau of the joyful, sorrowful, and glorious mysteries of the rosary. Wow. Oh, that's why they have them in the basilica. Oh, do they? So, so nicely. Oh, I didn't Is that right? Know. Am I right about that? It could it's be. It's been over 10 years since I've been. I don't remember. Okay. They have very beautiful uh, mysteries. Oh, yeah. The, rosary, the rosaries all the are around, all the way around. The original 15 mysteries. Yes, they do. With oh. the with the the crowning of Mary as like the above in the dome, above the altar. Oh, nice. I don't think I remember that. It's cool. Mm. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah. And then only Lucia saw Our Lady of Sorrows beside her suffering son, who also blessed the crowd. Mm. And lastly... All three saw Our Lady of Mount Carmel with the infant Jesus upon her knee. Okay. Beautiful. So why did, I mean, why did God choose these three and this place? I mean, it's, it's just like, perhaps because it was so unexpected. Backwater, poor town. Well, you could ask that, but Our Lady has appeared all over the world. That's true. Right? So, Hundreds of times. So often to children. Well, yeah, so I was going to say, I think it, it's, there, it speaks volumes that it was these three children. Yeah. I mean, there's something about these three children. I mean, the Lord chooses who he's going to choose, but there's these, maybe they, he chose the place because of the, the children were there. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they're, they're linked, right? It's not, can't really look at one without the other, but. I mean, from all intents and purposes, I think from what I've read, the, the kids were good kids, but they weren't exceptionally normal pious. Kids. Uh, normal kids. Yeah. I mean, they were trying to skip out on the rosary when the first apparition happened. But maybe these kids were. So selected because they can they could do something with it. Yeah, it would be meaningful for them in some particular way that we may not understand. Well, it unearthed a, a heroism in them, right? That called it forth. Yeah. Hmm. It also, I mean, when you think about it, during the war, I mean, Portugal was not really in the war, so to speak. I mean, it's far, it's far from the bat, front front lines. Yes, yeah, I don't even know if they were. I'm not sure, but I don't think they were very much involved in the world, at least World War One at all. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, but but that area had been involved in so many wars with the Muslims over the centuries. That was, I mean, that was part of the Reconquista of the Iberian Peninsula. Yeah, it would have been in the early 16th century. So yeah, so, yeah centuries like, in the past, yeah, but four hundred years earlier. But yeah, I mean, it's still. I mean, it was all, still it was all controlled by Muslims at one point. Yeah. So. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's it is peculiar, isn't it? Or maybe to say, Our Lady reigns. Yeah. <laughs> True. And her immaculate heart, that's a clear recurring message. Mm. Devotion to her immaculate heart, which didn't exist then in the world, but it does today. Yeah. Or in, and since, since it was added to our calendar. I, and I think it's more meaningful to for these things to happen off the beaten path, because it does, when, when 70,000 people show up in the middle of nowhere in a small country, mm -hmm. that's meaningful. That's more meaningful than in Lisbon. That's how God works, clearly given where he was born. Yeah, true, Bethlehem. No big shakes. No, that's probably a little bit more central, though, given it's right next to Jerusalem. Well, yeah. <laughs> it is next it's to Jerusalem. Like but 10 miles from Jerusalem. But at the time, I had heard Bethlehem at Jesus' birth only had 200 to 300 residents. Yeah. I'm not not a bustling metropolis by any stretch. Yeah. But... I think Nazareth's probably even smaller. Yeah, no, I've heard that was like 50 or 60 people or something. Yeah. Really, really small. I don't know. You guys have both been there. I haven't, so... Not yet. Oh, you haven't been to Holy Land? No, no, you haven't been. No, I have not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been. Yeah, no, I've been. No, I've, I've been there. Yeah, we'll see. God allows. There's a lot of places I want to go. Medjugorje is up on the list. 
Speaking speak of Marian apparition, let's go. Let's that go. seems to be a controversial one for people. Yes. Probably because it's been going on for 40 years. I know. Let's, I just listened to a Father Gregory Pine thing on 30 Minutes on Medjugorje. It was very interesting. Is he pro or con? He, well, he's Dominican. He doesn't necessarily rule on it. <laughs> he just says what the church says at the end of the day. Which is, we don't really know. We don't know. We don't deny it. I mean, Pope Francis said you can go. Said you can go. Yeah, you can make pilgrimages. It's not sacrilegious or whatever yeah. it would be. I, I couldn't imagine that that's a work of Satan if there's such good fruits. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, why would there be conversions and healings and miracles if that was- It's incredible. The devil. Yeah, I don't know. It was very popular in the 90s, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. But that's another place that's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's hard to get there. But uh, so since all of us have been, what- what was your experience? What was the highlight? What, you know, what did you take away from your trip to Fatima? I had a different, maybe I'll start because I have an, I wouldn't say it's unremarkable, but it was, it was probably different than others. I think that, um, well, Lauren and I at different times, we went part of World Youth Day stuff this year, which was in Lisbon and, um, stuff, stuff. So <laughs> it was interesting because we were Torridge. there, we were there well before World Youth Day. And so we were actually there when there wasn't that many people there. Mm. By the time, by a couple of days later, it was, so it was actually quite pleasant the first day. It was very pleasant. And I mean, honestly, we were all just tired and jet lagged, whatever, but it was fine. Um, but I, I didn't have any, I didn't have like a remarkable experience related to particularly any one apparition or the sites or anything, but I did. My my heart was heavy with something, and so I did kind of I, – I, I felt it was a very easy place to just rest at in the hands of our Lord and with Our Lady's intercession. Mm -hmm. And I received a lot of – there's a lot of fruit that came from that and confirmation and things like that and peace and other things. And so without going into too much detail, but that that was a result. So oh, it was my little mini miracle that came out of Fatima, and there was something about being there that was – it was easy for that to happen, and and there's something to be said about that. Yeah, sure. Hmm, that's cool. I went at the end of World Youth Day. But before that, I went one year prior. So June of 2022, um, at the start of a trip, uh, because Father Israel's community in Spain offered to do exercises in English um, purposefully for young adults. Now, not many young adults came, but I you know, was encouraged by my spiritual director to sign up. Uh, so I, I agreed to go and I bought my ticket and then I just wanted to look for the flight again. So I did. And the price had dropped. So I called my mom and I said, do you want to come to Spain? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And, uh, you know, gave me her hesitations. And I said, well, we could go to Fatima first because at the time you still needed to prove you know, like vaccination mm. to fly directly into Madrid, but you didn't in um, Portugal. Uh, so I was looking through the various options and it made sense to go to Lisbon, drive up to Fatima and then fly fly in that way because coming from Portugal, you didn't have the same requirement versus okay. coming from the United States. So anyway, I'm on the phone and she's like, Lauren, you know, this is too much because I kind of said, well, I have the flight in front of me. And so I, I need to book it, right? And she said, okay, give me five minutes and I'll call you back. So she called me back and it's like, I don't know, Lauren, this is too rushed, <laughs> right? Um, which is totally understandable. But she then said, well, I always wanted to go to Fatima. So I clicked and booked her flight <laughs> right at that, at that notion. And I told her, and then she, you know, I think was a little bit alarmed, but I said, well, you have <laughs> 24 hours, you know, to 
consider it and cancel, but I don't think you should. Let's go to Fatima and continue on to Spain. So she did. Props to my mom. Yeah. Um, Way to go. Yeah. My parents don't travel much. I think my mom's last international trip was probably Italy and her honeymoon. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. 35 years ago. And my dad only had one other trip, which was to Ireland when my brother was a freshman as part of a band trip, being a chaperone. Um, So my mom came with me. So it was the two of us and then my roommate at the time and her fiance also ended up coming. Mm. So it was the four of us. But for this day and a half that we had in Fatima, we kind of were doing our own thing as far as being at the pilgrimage site. And so started in the main shrine, you know, um, there's a site where Our Lady appeared. There's a beautiful basilica. um, Not so beautiful basilica. Um, a, a much larger, yeah, contemporary basilica. Um, and, you know, I just, um, I guess, wanted to be in the space, like in a prayerful way, right near Our, our Lady's um, apparition site. And then uh, that night was uh, every night but one night, right? They do a procession of the rosary. Thursday is Eucharist, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that I had read about and, you know, I brought candles from home and... um I just was kind of in awe of like the beauty of hundreds of people venerating Our Lady all at once. It really struck me because mm. you'd never experienced that, at least here in the United States. Sure. Um, so that was wonderful. And then um, the next day we went to Mass at that larger basilica, which I was just impressed by how many people were there because it was yeah, just... It is, it is large. It's very large. It's a random day, right, with thousands of people at Mass. Um, and then we also, we got to walk over to the pilgrim shepherd houses and, you know, their stations of the cross through a field. And that is a much more enjoyable experience. I think we all agree than the actual shrine. Oh yeah. Just definitely. being in the landscape, mm-hmm. you know, it's special. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't like when things are overdeveloped. Right. Just, and it's just a big pavement area, which makes sense because it's functional when you're at the shrine, but walking through that field with, you know, the trees is just, it's so much more beauty. So then I got to return one year later. I essentially did the same trip, but reversed. I went to Madrid and then Lisbon and finished at Fatima, which I never would have expected. I mean, my first trip, I was reluctant to go. And I told my spiritual director, well, I've always wanted to go to Italy. (laughs) Still, and I haven't been. So if I do this trip, I'm not going to Italy this year. And she's like, well, the Lord will like bring you to Italy when he wants, right? Like it's God's timing. And I never thought of that, right? We always think my plan. Mm -hmm. I want to do this now. Um, But anyway, so I got to return um, with my, you know, 300 something group (laughs) uh, from Madrid. And uh, we, I I thought it was um, very fitting that one of the, kind of leaders of their community, one of the sisters, Belin, she gave us an overview and then we had a little bit of free time, walked through the basilica. And then I went to the apparition site again because, you know, that's that's the main site. And then mass began with our community and there's several priests and all these priests, they kind of, the way the seating is, it's like a U around the apparition site and our community did the music. Uh, so I knew all the songs, right? Like it just was very fitting. Mm. Um, a bunch of people from our group crawled on their knees from that contemporary mm. basilica down. I had no desire to do that. I don't know. I guess I didn't do God, it. I God or God's probably asking that though, right? Like we're we're all always responding to a call. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't feel that at all. Some people do. Yeah. I remember a couple of the seminarians did it on our trip and they ended up put some and they did it with shorts. 
Oh. And they ended up with some pretty big welts. Oof. Yeah, we had that too. Some yeah. people with their knees bandaged. I didn't have any calling to do that. Same. I don't know. Maybe it's my weakness, but. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I was there for a different reason, I think. And yeah. Maybe that's okay. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, that day too, I, I went to adoration, which I don't think I did my previous trip. I didn't know if I knew about it or if it was being offered, but oh, chapel. that was peaceful. So adoration before the procession at night. Um, and this time I knew about it and I figured the 16 Americans in our group most probably didn't know. So I went and bought some candles for them. And that was actually kind of fun because I just happened at this point. I mean, there's hundreds of people. It was a bigger group uh, this year for me than the prior year. But I, I found a bunch of them and everyone, you know, was thankful. Oh, good. Um, but the actual procession for me this year was not that meaningful i was looking for one friend who i had seen right before the start like i have a candle for you and he said well i have to use the bathroom and i'm like well <laughs> i should give this to you now and he said no so I'm then i'm trying to find procession. him yeah which was just Thousands totally a waste yeah i should have just yeah. let it go and i found him at the end you know but uh, um oh well what are you gonna do but no it's still special it's still profound um yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful powerful place it yeah really it's it's worth it to go but yeah people often ask like even for my world youth day trip, why did you go? Like what, what were you seeking or something? And I'm like, nothing. I, I wasn't seeking anything. I was told by my spiritual director, you're coming with us. <laughs> and so I said, okay. Like I, cool. I have been responding to prompts by someone who's much more spiritual than me. Yeah. You know, or in the case, like when I did my Jamaica mission trip, I was invited to go. That one I actually kind of knew right away. Yes. But it's like the Lord calls you. Yeah. I don't know. Some people, I guess, are seeking something. So they do these trips or they do retreats. But you don't have to have a reason to go, right? No. It's like no, God meets you there. I, I actually was trying to find a way not to go this year. Really? Yeah. I had put out, I, I, I don't know, I was traveling a lot and I was like, I don't want to go on this trip. <laughs> and so I put out like messages to all these people. Like if anyone wants to take over my, I couldn't get my money back, but like if anyone wants to take my seat, you can like, I'll strike a deal. Like we'll negotiate, we'll pay half or something and yeah. you can take my spot. And no one did. And so I went, I was like, all right, fine. I'll That's go. God's plan. I cut it short. I actually changed it. I, I made the whole trip short. So I was, I was there for Fatima for five nights, which is great. Hmm. Um, yeah. Do you think you received graces? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was but I was, the yeah, devil I, yeah. trying to pull you away from that. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. I'm which glad is what he does. Oh, and it was also good. It was also good because I, I when I was on this trip with World Youth, I, I think I had mentioned it on the first World Youth Day podcast, but um, when I was on the trip, I didn't really feel a place on that trip, but it didn't matter because when I was there, I kind of did my own thing in Fatima a little bit, which was fine. And mm. it was really good to have that time. So yeah, that worked out pretty well. So real quick with the last uh, minute, we have the message of Fatima. You know, if you have to sum it up, I would say like, you know, prayer and penance, right? Um, how have we done with that? And particularly you know, on the state of the world, I mean, Mary predicted some really awful stuff if we don't turn back, you know, a second world war, which happened and mm -hmm. um, other other things, you know, the breaking of nations, the, the continual corruption of souls. And I mean, what did Mary ask us to do? Like if you, you know. Pray the rosary every day. That, the other one was the five first Saturdays devotion. Are you familiar with that? Yes. yes. Does anybody ever do that? I've tried. Once? Once? Yeah. You've got all five? Oh, no, I haven't. No, I've done one of the I've done one yeah, you're five. supposed to do five in a row. Five first Saturdays where you attend Mass and Confession. Right. Um, that's one thing I'd like to And pray the rosary and meditate on the mystery of the rosary for 15 minutes and go to confession yeah. within eight days. Yeah. So it's, it's not, not a tremendous... It. Actually, it's not a tremendous ask now that I think it's about It's really it. not a tremendous ask. You, know? like you literally could do it all and... Do it five consecutive months and... Yeah. Yeah. So... 
I, I need to do it. I think it's worth, you know, it's definitely worth looking into. And Our Lady promised that when we did that, when enough people did that, there would be peace yeah. in the world. And so, you know, some of the wars really comes down to Christians just living lukewarm lives and not repenting and not doing the penance that Our Lady asked us to do. Mm. So, so the message of Adam, I think, is still very valid today, very needed. Very much. So, study it. You and know, it, wish- according to EWTN... They're valuable. They're a, they're a, they're a good source. Valid source. Yeah, yeah. More or less. yeah I would say so. The so most important request of Fatima is fulfillment of one's daily duty. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Which I think that's up to interpretation, but how do you take that? Oh, yeah. If you're husband and wife, you'll be faithful to one another, faithful to your vows, sacrifice for your kids, be open to life. You know, if you're single, do all things for the glory of God, do your work well, evangelize in your everyday life. You think if you don't have time, that probably sounds bad, but if you're so full serving the Lord and working, if you don't pray the rosary every day, are you still fulfilling your daily duty? Well, I mean, is the rosary necessary for salvation? No. No, it's not, right? I mean, Christ would have told us you have to pray the rosary and he didn't, right? Pray the chakki. Anyway. You could pray the Chaki, which is a great Russian Orthodox uh, way to pray. Eastern, 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 Eastern Church. Eastern Church, right? And the Byzantine Catholics do it too. But, uh, yeah. You, are you fulfilling your daily duties? Yes. But does, do you really not have time for 15 minutes with Our Lady? I think everyone does. You just have to find it. You have to make it, you know. And so so often we're working, working, working for the Lord, but honestly, prayer is prime. There's, there's a primacy of prayer. You pray for 15 minutes, that's worth six hours of work. Right. I walk here to record so that I can pray the rosary. Nice. I also get a walk-in. It's a, it's a great, it's double, double yeah. benefit. Good, good. Yeah, that fresh October air. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of Restless. Have a happy uh, feast of Our Lady of Fatima, but also take to heart those mess- Fatima messages, which are prayer, penance, repentance, and living out your daily duties, because the message of Our Lady of Fatima is still as valid and as living today as it was in 1917. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM and 103.9 FM. Tune in next time.